Welcome to AUSA's Army Matters Podcast, focusing on what's important to the total Army community. We bring vital Army conversations and interviews on issues relevant to soldiers, military families, and all of you amazing Army supporters. Rotating each week, our show includes Soldier Today, Army Real Talk, Family Voices, and Thought Leaders. Let's tune into the show. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a special edition of AUSA's Army Matters podcast series. I am Nzinga Curry, AUSA's Director of Education and Programs, and today we are going to discuss the new Integrated Personnel and Pay System. Oh, no, Troy. Ugh, I think I started to doze off as I spoke about IPSE. Nzinga, you really shouldn't do that. <laughs> Everybody wants to know about their pay. Everybody wants to know about their records, and they want to make sure everything's updated. They want to make sure their pay is squared away. They want to make sure their talent management is being managed correctly. So I think this topic is going to be a very informative and very intriguing, and I'm excited to hear what Colonel Eggers has to say about it. So um, I need you to wake up and listen to what she's going to have to talk about. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that, and I am so glad you straightened me out. And also, I'm glad that you are my co-host for this episode. Everyone, please, please listen to Command Sergeant Major Retired Troy Wells, who is the director of the NCO programs here at AUSA. He surely knows what he's talking about. You also must listen to our special guest, our subject matter expert, Colonel Rebecca Eggers, who will update us about the new integrated personnel and pay system, or IPSE. That's correct. Colonel Rebecca L. Eggers became the Functional Management Division, FMD, for those of you out there who like acronyms, Chief of the Integrated Personnel and Pay System Army, better known as IPSA. Under the G1 Technology Business Architecture Integration in June of 2021, she's responsible for leading the requirements definition, training, deployment, and organizational change management for IPSA. She manages the partnerships between TBAI and the Program Executive Office for Enterprise Information Systems, also well known as PEOEIS, to develop, deliver, and set the conditions for successful sustainment of IPSA. She's a native of Whitewater, Wisconsin. Colonel Eggers, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you in the studio. Thank you for having me. I'll never pass up an opportunity to let soldiers know how IPSA is going to improve their lives, and I certainly appreciate you helping me to do that today. Perfect, perfect. So, Colonel Eggers, let's please start off by you sharing a little bit about what exactly is IPSE, and also, who will be using this new system? In its simplest form, IPSE is the Army's new human resources system, but it's really so much more. IPSE transforms our paper-based processes and outdated systems into a modern digital system. It combines all 1.1 million soldiers across the active and reserve components into a single system and gives every single one of those soldiers access to their personnel and pay record. And we're mobile. So for the first time ever, soldiers can submit their leave or change their address or ask for help right from their mobile phone 24-7. Leaders at every level will have unprecedented access to readiness analytics and senior leaders are able to truly see the talent across the Army all in one place. That's why we say that IPSE is revolutionizing Army personnel, pay, and talent management for the future. Every single soldier will be using IPSE, not just HR professionals. Excellent. And I love, I love that we're tapping into 
technology. And it sounds like, you know, paperless is in sight as well. But I did hear that IPSA's timeline has shifted a bit. So what happened? What is the reasoning behind the revised schedule? And why is it important to make these changes? That's a great question. You can likely guess that the transition from outdated HR systems to IPSA is a complicated process. Not only are we replacing many of the systems our HR professionals use, but we also receive and send data to many other systems. So just like we did when we fielded IPSA to the Army National Guard, we want to make sure we take the time necessary to ensure the system functions as intended. So prior to deployment to the total force, we underwent multiple test events. These test events worked as designed, and we were able to see exactly where we needed to make some corrections. But ultimately, prior to beginning the last test event, we determined that we needed additional time to complete the interfaces between IPSA and other systems. And we also needed to correct some of our data transfer issues. So aside from those issues, we've been able to test about 85% of the system, and we know that it works. Army leaders are committed to delivering a quality product, and that's really why we had to shift the go-live from December 2021 to September of 2022. Excellent. And I see that with the extended timetable, there's opportunities for soldiers to be trained, as well as HR professionals and leaders on the system. So what should they be doing and what can be expected? Glad you asked that. You know, our focus remains on training, testing the system, and preparing soldiers for IPSA. Training is available for soldiers, leaders, and HR professionals, both through the IPSA website and the IPSA app. On our website, we have helpful access steps for anybody who's having trouble. Although the self-service training for soldiers is optional, we highly recommend soldiers complete the one-hour course because once IPSA is live, they'll actually be using the system to submit some of their basic personnel actions and leave requests and things like that. We want to make sure they know how to use it. Leaders and HR professionals have mandatory IPSA training based on their roles and should continue to complete the modules that are already in the system. For those who've already completed the training, thank you. They won't need to take it again, but they may want to review any modules before we go live. Those training modules, though, will still remain available as a resource after go live. Our team is working on providing additional train-the-trainer sessions and training opportunities through job aids and webinars. So if soldiers join the IPSA Facebook group and go to our S1Net page, that's where they can find the most current updates. Yeah, ma'am, it's interesting when you talk about how soldiers will be able to do it mobile and they'll be able to carry it in their hand and they'll be able to transfer from one unit to another and all that will follow them and update it. You know, I retired from the Army in 2007, so I've been out for a minute. And I retired out of the Army G4. I was the Army G4 Sergeant Major at the time. And we were talking about retained issue and why do soldiers have to take their CIF and turn it in and go draw the same stuff in another unit and why can't they just take it with them? And at the same time, the Army G1 was talking about the same thing in regards to records. Why can't the soldiers just digitally take it with them? Why can't we just make it so easy to just transfer it over? So here it is 14 years later, and now we have IPSA. I'm not sure what they were calling it back then. I don't remember. I'm quite confident it wasn't this. But I went online. I looked at your website, and I went through some of the training myself. And I was really awed by what technology, you know, how far has come from 2007 to 2021. Now, I know you just had your two-year anniversary. You mentioned rolling it out to the Guard. 
And we had spoke with Sergeant Major Sampa about it, and he said that the soldiers were really enjoying it. And I think back to my days of PCSing from one unit to another and having stuff get lost in the mail or my pay getting messed up. You know, it happened a lot. So I'm really happy to see that we've come this far with technology and we're able to make things just a little bit easier for the soldier as they PCS from one station, duty station to another. Because I tell you, their money is important. And if they get an advance pay or they get the ditty move or they do whatever it is that they're going to do when they transfer from one location to another, back in my time, it was almost expected to walk in there and have something wrong when I arrived at my new duty station. So I really appreciate what you all are doing. I think it's a great effort, and I can't wait till it gets rolled out to the total force. Now, we will continue discussing IPSA after this. Did you know, as a member of AUSA, you have access to many benefits? From car rental to entertainment discounts, the opportunities are ample. Visit www.ausa.org benefits to learn more. So Team IPSA talks a lot about data and soldiers taking action to update their information and records in current systems. What do soldiers need to do to maintain their records? You know, pull PMCS on them, if you will. Yeah, we can't stress enough how important it is for soldiers to check their records and make sure that they make the appropriate updates. You know, we use PMCS for a reason. It's the term that most soldiers understand across the Army. So it seemed appropriate that that's exactly what we're doing. We want soldiers to check their records because the best data will ensure if they start with the strongest foundation. And at the end of the day, it improves the soldier's experience in the system. So for the active component and USAR, they have four steps to PMCS their records. They should go and review their info in DMDC. That's accessed through MillConnect. They should review their info in ETARS, the training and reservation system. And we want them to review their info in the MILPO, just for the active component, or RCMS, which is the USAR HR system right now. And then finally, we want them to work with their unit S1 or their HR professional to do a records review and to make any updates in the current system. And then for our guard soldiers who are already using IPSAE, we want them to review and update their data in the G1 portal and IPSAE, and then do the same, work with their unit HR professional to do a records review and just to make any corrections. I do want to make one note that soldiers' IPERMs will remain available, so we're not subsuming IPERMs. That record system will be completely separate. So we really want to discourage soldiers from downloading copies of their IPERMS records unnecessarily. So we do not have an impact on IPERMS records, but we have noted that soldiers have been downloading their records from IPERMS, and it's not necessary. We don't have any impact on those records. We do want folks to check the website for resources on data correctness. Soldiers are the most authoritative source of their data and their personal records, and we want to make sure their data is correct before we go live. Well, that's understandable. So no doubt that guidance will need to be updated to inform the force of next steps. Can you talk about what's coming down the pipeline and when? I sure can. You know, we do have a HQDA XORD, several fragos that we've published. So we're updating all of those documents and policies that we have accordingly. All these updates and those documents will provide pertinent information and new guidance on the brownout and cutover timeline and training requirements that need to be completed. 
So right now, all of those updates are currently in staffing. As soon as they're complete, we'll push them to the field. But in the meantime, we want units to use their time right now to refine any internal SOPs, to review the steps that are required for go live, and to continue to prepare soldiers for if they deployment to the total force. And then stay tuned to our social media channels because that's where we'll provide all our updates. Thanks, ma'am. I'm going to jump script here real quick, only because you mentioned browned out and cutover. Can you explain what brown out and cutover period means to soldiers and how it may impact their PCS moves? Absolutely. You know, we understand that soldiers are concerned with any changes to their PCS timeline, and we really want to be proactive to make sure that we make this process or any changes to that process as seamless as possible for soldiers and their families. So we work closely with HRC and the Army and IPSA will work to adjust soldiers' PCS dates if possible in order to minimize the arrivals and departures during the brownout and cutover window. Now, our goal is to minimize the volume of manual transactions that have to be done once we stand up IPSA. And I want to make sure I mention that we're not preventing soldiers from PCSing. This shouldn't be confused with a stop move. What we're doing is moving soldiers outside of the window for the brownout. So they'll still PCS, just maybe at a different time. HRC is going to be managing that process very closely, but the Army level guidance covers about eight weeks of the lower level departures and arrivals. So the window includes time prior to brownout to allow arrivals to be fully processed in any of our legacy systems. And then after brownout, there's a period where we allow units and the installations to be fully established in IPSA before they start new assignment business. Of course, we know there'll be PCS moves that have to occur inside the window. HRC will make some pretty deliberate decisions on whether to adjust the soldier's PCS date or whether they'll be exempted and continue to move in the window. Some examples of that may be if someone is returning from overseas. The intent, though, is that HRC provides assignment information with detailed instructions that's coordinated with the installations to generate their orders, ultimately to allow soldiers and their families to make all necessary arrangements to support their PCS. We want to give them plenty of time, you know, if that PCS timeline change that they're able to adjust as necessary. So, Colonel, you spoke about going live. So could you tell us what is involved in the process for IPSA going live? What does the transition from legacy system to IPSA look like? Of course. You know, the Army has to take the data in our current legacy system. We have to convert it into IPSA, so that's the basics of having soldiers' records. But in order to prepare effectively for bringing a system like IPSA online, those legacy systems have to be shut off. So that's a process called cutover. It's a three-week event that focuses on the transfer of data from our legacy system to IPSA. And it starts with shutting off or browning out of the legacy system. And then it ends with IPSA becoming operational, which is what we call go live. So while we're transferring that data from the legacy system to IPSA, no transactions can be done in those legacy systems. So that's why during that window is when you would be doing manual transactions if you had to. Ma'am, if soldiers have questions on records, training, and PCS changes, is there someone they should contact in their units, or is it something that they could find online using IPSA? So a soldier's first line of defense is always their S1 when they have questions about their records or their training. So we do want soldiers to attempt to work through their S1 or HR professional if they have any record update questions or training information questions. 
for PCS assistance, they can contact their HRC assignments manager. They're also available to assist. And of course, we're happy to field any questions on the program and get them routed to the right place. And then soldiers can keep up to date on IPSA through any of our social media channels and then join our Facebook group where we have valuable peer-to-peer -peer discussions and support. Ma'am, I have one follow-on question that if I may. How is this going to impact the S-1s, and is it going to take away jobs, or is it going to increase jobs? In other words, are we going to have a reduction in the force for personnel management folks because of this online adventure? You know, that's actually a question that we get asked several times, because we're very cautious about reducing the manpower in our S-1 sections, and what does the efficiency from IPSE really get you? So I would say the short answer is we don't believe we'll be reducing the number of soldiers in our S1 section. And we say that because even though we gain efficiencies in how we're doing the legacy processes, what IPSE allows is opening up an entire world or environment of analytics and data at your fingertips that you can review. And so we really are changing what our HR soldiers are going to be doing in the S1. We want things focused on readiness reporting and providing commanders and sergeant majors what they need to make decisions instead of just simply reviewing actions and processing actions, you know, for commanders. So we don't see that there's going to be a reduction. We see that really it's just going to change the nature of our work. So we're really tied to making sure we provide commanders the information they need to make decisions. Perfect. Thank you very much for clarifying that. I appreciate that, ma'am. Good dialogue. But before we close, I want to know, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I'd really just like to thank you again for hosting me. And the Army National Guard has been using IPSA for about 18 months now. And their experience and what we've seen has given us some pretty valuable insight into how IPSA improves how we support soldiers and what soldiers can see in the system. And we're really excited to finish what we started by delivering IPSA to the total force. So IPSA is coming, so watch out for it. Perfect, and thank you, Colonel Eggers, for joining us today. And Command Sergeant Major Welch, you were absolutely correct. This is some good information, needed information. And so I'm so glad we were able to help spread the word. Again, Colonel Eggers, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your service and have a great Army Day. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army day. Hua.